you are invited to register and participate in Orthodox Christian Conversations on Racism, a six-week study of St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, Saturday mornings, July 18th through August 29, 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 to noon Eastern. Join us as our diverse team of six teachers of the Bible present a chapter-by-chapter reading of Galatians, looking to St. Paul for instruction in these worrisome times fraught with division, social unrest, and deep-seated racism. Our presenters come from different walks of life. They serve as members of the clergy, a police officer, a nurse practitioner, ex-military, a homeschooling mother, and a teacher. Following Father Mark Bulos's book, Torah to the Gentiles, which we will be using as a secondary source, the series will explore St. Paul's letter as a cause for hope in time of peril and a path forward for our country. Each Saturday, a 30-minute presentation will be followed by 30 minutes of discussion with registered participants. Please join us as we turn to Scripture to heal ideological divisions and overcome racism pervasive in our lives, our families, our churches, and our neighborhoods. Register today at OrthodoxServantLeaders.com. You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they beheld... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 41. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For, being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, that everyone who has faith may be justified. Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by it. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified, and he confesses with his lips and so is saved. Father, to get us started today, I get hung up a little bit on verses 6 and 7, which includes a quote from Deuteronomy. The verses read, But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? Yeah, good question. As I understand, these verses could be confusing, and I'll certainly do the best job I can to explain them. In order to understand this passage that read on its own, like you just did here in the question, sounds rather strange, we have to step back a couple of verses and begin with what was mentioned actually in chapter 9, at the end of chapter 9. You started with the reading in chapter 10. So we need to make sure that our hearers uh, hear that. Can you go ahead and, and read that for them, Jason? Sure. So this is uh, chapter 9 of Romans, verses 30 through 32. Correct. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. 
but Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumble at that stumbling stone. Thank you. So this sets up Paul's argument that you just referenced in verses 6 through 7 of chapter 10. And as a side note, it's important to understand that the chapter and verse system that we're used to in our Bibles is somewhat artificial. Okay. Well, hang on, Father, for a minute. Um, Would you explain uh, what you mean by that? Sure. In the original text, you just had the entire text. It wasn't the author of Romans who set up chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapters 10 and so forth. And it wasn't them who made sentences or groups of sentences into verses. That was something that happened later. And I bring that up not just as a historical footnote, but to emphasize why it's important to understand an entire book like Romans in full. Why we have to not rely just on chapter and verse, but sometimes we have to look behind it or ahead of it to get a sense of the essence of an argument. The chapter and verse system is very handy, don't get me wrong, but it's not the original, and we always have to look at the bigger picture. Okay, makes sense. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, Now back to what you were saying about Paul's argument in chapter 9. I think I have a general idea of where you're going. Paul seems to be comparing or contrasting the Gentiles with Israel and how Israel had not attained the righteousness of the law because they had sought it by their own works, Mm -hmm. whereas the Gentiles, who didn't even have the Mosaic law, had attained righteousness by faith in God and his Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. That's precisely what's going on here. So that's the argument Paul made right before he moves on to what we now call chapter 10 and these rather confusing verses 6 and 7. Yes, so so back to those. What is being communicated about who will ascend and descend? I'm still puzzled uh, by these verses. Well, my understanding of it is this. There was a notion among pious Jews that by their righteousness they could essentially usher in the kingdom of God on earth. To put it another way, uh, there was this idea that by their righteousness according to the Mosaic law, they would be able to have God send their Messiah, who they believed would free them from the Roman occupation they were experiencing. And as we've discussed before, they had the idea that the Messiah would lead some type of a military political rebellion and would establish Israel as an independent, self-ruling nation, no longer under Roman or any other authority. So what's going on here in verses 6 and 7 is that Paul is saying we human beings cannot force God's hand. God will do what he wants in his own time, plain and simple. We're not going to become righteous on our own in a way that forces him, so to speak, to act. And obviously that's a consistent theme in the Bible. I mean, we human beings are always screwing things up, even after God acts directly. So there's no sense in putting our ultimate hope and trust in ourselves To sum it up then, the argument here is that we're not going to force God's hand. We're not going to usher in God's kingdom. He's going to do it in his own way, in his own time. And he did this, according to the book of Romans, by sending his Messiah, his Christ, his anointed one from heaven. And he then sent him clear down to the abyss, to the depths of Hades, to preach to those who had come and departed before his arrival on earth. And then God raised him back up to earth for 40 days until the ascension and took him up into heaven, seated him at his right hand as the judge. 
And none of that was done because of our righteousness or because of Israel's righteousness. It was done by God alone, again, in his time and according to his will. And we should take heed to that because there are, unfortunately, some Christians today who think contrary to the biblical teaching, especially that which we just discussed, that they will sort of force God's second coming. And they think they will do that, and it sounds familiar to what I just discussed, by establishing the state of Israel in the Middle East. So history repeats itself, and they're making the same mistake. And then finally, just let me add, uh, it's silly from a biblical perspective to hasten God's judgment. God is presented in the Bible, and we've discussed before on previous episodes, specifically in the Lord's Prayer, to be gracious in the fact that God delays his judgment in order to give us more time to repent and to live as he lives. That's why we Orthodox sing at birthdays, God grant you many years. It's not for you to live forever. It's for you to have more time to repent. That's a really great segue into my final question, Father. Uh, A few episodes ago, we discussed God as the impartial judge. And you made the point that hearing or speaking the message of the gospel is of no use to us if we do not live as Christ lived. The final verses from today's reading says, The word is near you, on your lips, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified, and he confesses with his lips and so is saved. Father, I'm not trying to be contradictory here at all, but it seems possible (laughs) that someone uh, might read these verses and maybe have a hard time understanding what we had previously discussed in episode 38. Would you clarify this for us? Yeah, it's it's really very simple, and I actually touched on this earlier, albeit uh, indirectly. Earlier on this episode, I mentioned that the original biblical text did not have chapters and verses. It was just a long text that ran together. And I stressed I was highlighting this because of the importance of us not looking at a couple of verses in isolation. We need to know what comes before and after a given verse And even really, we need to understand the Bible in its entirety. So to answer your question on this one specifically, we'd be mistaken to take the verse you mentioned in isolation. We cannot separate it from the fact that in the opening of Romans, Paul argued it was the doers of the law who are justified in the sight of God and not just the hearers, and by extension, the speakers. We have to recognize that Jesus himself said there will be a day when he condemns some people and they will say, We called upon you, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says he will tell them, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because they did not do his will. And we have the parable of the talents where the grace and mercy is given in advance, as it is with us when we put our faith in God. But it's taken away at the judgment if those servants do not multiply the talents, which, as we've discussed, means to multiply the mercy. So again, you have to do something with the mercy, not just profess it or name it or say it. To repeat, in short, you have to look at the whole message, the entirety of Scripture, and if taking a verse out of that in isolation disagrees with the whole, then you have to understand that taking that verse alone probably is the wrong approach. That makes perfect sense. Uh, But then aren't we still left with this verse and and trying to make sense of it? Yeah, of course. 
So how do you make sense of this in the broader context? Yeah, good point. In the broader context, the argument here is that righteousness comes not through ourselves, through our own adherence to the Mosaic law. It is not self-righteousness that we seek. So the passage you quoted about believing in our hearts and confessing with our lips means that we are putting our trust not in ourselves, but we are confessing someone, in this case God, greater than us, and we put our hope in him. And I'll conclude by reminding our listeners of an important maxim. Salvation is like an inheritance because it can never, by definition, be earned, but it can be lost. And so we never earn our salvation and righteousness, but we can lose it by not multiplying the mercy God first gave us and spreading that to others. This was very helpful today, Father. Thank you. We began today's discussion by clarifying a difficult passage from Romans 10. Father Aaron reminded us that when we have difficulty in understanding a verse, it is always important to understand the broader context. As was the case with today's reading, we find the underlying argument from St. Paul in the previous chapter. There, Paul compares the Gentiles with Israel, in which Israel seeks to achieve righteousness by their works, while the Gentiles find righteousness by their faith. With that in mind, we can more clearly see that in today's reading, Paul is stating that we cannot force God's hand. We cannot become righteous in a way that forces God to act, for he will act in his own way and in his own time. Further highlighting the need to view each verse in a broader context, we read a passage that, on its own, may seem to contradict Father Aaron's teaching from a previous episode. But when presented with supporting examples, we can see clearly that his teaching stands. One powerful example is Jesus' words that remind us that at the judgment, there will be those who say, We called upon you, Lord, Lord. And he will respond, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Our salvation, like an inheritance, cannot be earned, but it can be lost if we do not extend the same mercy to others that God first gave to us. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.